We at the Cato Institute try to live our principles, and that means taking no government money. So it's through support from people like you that we're able to work toward our shared vision of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Please consider supporting the Cato Daily Podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute by visiting cato.org slash podcast sponsor and learn more about the benefits of sponsorship. Give a thousand dollars and I'll gladly give you a shout out on the podcast. Thank you. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, December 21st, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. A lot of local governments don't care for short-term rentals. That's Airbnb and the like. Jarrett Skorup of the Mackinac Center details the Michigan experience with state power versus local power with homeowners caught in the middle. I used to live in Louisville, Kentucky, just inside Louisville proper. And uh, there was a candidate running for office, and one of his main platform planks running for city council was, I'm going to ban short-term rentals. Uh, and he lived in a, in a very wealthy uh, neighborhood, one of the wealthiest in the state. And that was a campaign plank. Uh, he did not win. Uh, but it is notable to me that this is an issue that a lot of uh, busybodies really care about, which is uh, preventing uh, people from using their homes and their property in a way that uh, they find most suitable to them. So when people complain about short-term rentals, what are they actually complaining about? There's Yeah, there's two parts to this, um, at least from what we've seen uh, in Michigan, which is uh, of two types of cities that are banning short-term rentals. On the one hand, you have, uh, you have that situation where it's a really wealthy vacation area and the people are just like, I don't want to be around uh, renters or vacationers, which is interesting because they live in vacation areas. And so they work to ban it. And the other is more kind of what I'd say like liberal cities where maybe pushed by the hotel industry, maybe just council members, but like cities like Detroit, where they've just said, we want to micromanage this. We want to get revenue from it. And so they either ban it or just overly restrict it to just a few areas. And so both of those are the dynamics that we see in Michigan. I read your piece, and the first three words are states should ban. So explain to me how uh, this kind of more distant control that is from the state capital telling localities, here's how you need to run things. Is that a difficult needle to the thread? Yeah. The, so my piece was states should ban the bans, and it's where state lawmakers should prevent their local governments from banning short-term rentals. Um, I have gotten pushback on that um, from Republicans to in local council saying, hey, we care about local control. We care about uh, the ability for towns and cities to, to control these things. I've said, look, the most local control is the individual and them figuring out what makes sense to what do I want to do with my property? What kind of investment do I want to put into it? And so I, I told one lawmaker, it's like the U.S. Constitution. They don't let, they ban cities from preventing, uh, you know, to, from violating free speech and freedom of religion and things like that. And so I see it that way. It's a private property rights issue. Local cities do have uh, some power and some stuff that they are best at, which is kind of Enforce, enforcing things where you are violating your, your neighbor's rights with noise complaints or parking on their property or their property rights. But for the most part, people should be able to do what their property, what they wish, as long as they aren't violating other people's rights. How does zoning enter into this? This is kind of the newest fight in zoning. So for a long time, uh, especially back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 
you had cities that would use zoning to keep out low-income people, people of other races, and they used zoning to do it, to keep their communities how they want. And they talked about keeping our neighborhoods how we want, and, and we have a right to do that. Federal judges and state laws kind of overrode that. So in Michigan, like most states, they're limited in how much they can zone. Specifically, they're very limited in zoning out long-term rentals. And so I make the case, this is the same idea. They used to be able to, they used to ban long-term rentals. Cities in Michigan would love to ban long-term rentals, but the state doesn't allow them to do it for the most part. Now they've moved on to short-term rentals. We don't like the change of our neighborhoods. We want to keep those people out. I see it the same way. You should not be able to ban long-term rentals. You shouldn't be able to ban short-term rentals. Focus on whatever the problems are that people are complaining about. Don't focus on how are they actually using their property. It's interesting to think about the the politics of this because Republicans fancy themselves as the defenders of private property, the defenders of uh, individual control, and yet uh, allowing local neighborhoods to uh, prohibit short-term rentals is, you know, contrary to that. And Republicans broadly, are, they love, well, defenders of zoning are very bipartisan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And most of the areas where this has been a problem in Michigan are, are uh, Republican areas. So I do make the free market, the private property case to both sides, but especially to Republicans. And we do have uh, where a lot of our politicians, and, and really the, the banning the bans issue is bipartisan in Michigan. Um, our leadership on the Democratic side in the Senate is a sponsor of a bill to do that, to prevent locals from banning it. Um, so it is bipartisan in a lot of ways, um, but we, we have had our Republicans uh, who have been willing to prevent cities from doing things, like add their own sales tax, like establish their own mandates to join unions, their own mandates to use union labor on things. So they do see it um, from a principled standpoint sometimes. I'm just trying to make the case here for private property rights. Yeah, it, and for people who want to live in an area where short-term rentals are not possible, they can join an HOA. Yeah, well, I never want to encourage that, but... Well, um. of course not, of course not. But for people who have certain preferences for what their neighborhoods look like and character and uh, coming down hard on people who don't mow their lawns and things like right. that, you can have that. That's That exists. There are HOAs, there's historical zones in Michigan is the other one. But I, I try to make the broader case to people because a lot of this is like, we don't want to change the character of our neighborhoods. And I just feel like that's just such a tough, almost a slippery slope, but just a tough issue of like, it's not the job of lawmakers to determine how the quote unquote character of a neighborhood changes. Um, if an area becomes a heavily rented area, um, or if it becomes, uh, I don't know that we just want to encourage it to be, to look some type of way. I think that's where you get these kind of cookie cutter cities that nobody really loves at the end of the day. And and for people who want to avoid HOAs, then they just lean on their city council to, exactly. to, to do the things that they would otherwise have an HOA do. Yeah, right. You go right up, you go up to a higher political power. The, the most common argument, interestingly, that we're seeing in Michigan against short-term rentals is that we have a hot housing market like most places around the country, and it's driving up property values, which is making it hard for people to afford homes. And that's interesting to me. Um, it's not really an argument I anticipated. Um, there's a huge irony in the idea of, well, 
we have high housing prices. Why? Well, because of rules that limit people being able to build. So what do we do? We add more rules that limit uh, why people might want to build, build. Because of the way to encourage investment is by allowing people to get the most value out of their property. Um, and of course, high uh, housing prices in the eye of the beholder. You love it when you own the home. You're not so happy of it when you're trying to buy a home. So you kind of have local governments arguing out of uh, both sides of their mouths on this. I, I pointed out the irony of our, our cities arguing that they don't want higher property values and property taxes. Uh, but I think it's just a matter of what argument they think works. Jarrett Scorup directs marketing and communications at the Mackinac Center. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.